0: Welcome to the Water Walkers podcast. Every Christ follower experiences moments like Peter, when Jesus called him out of the boat and onto the water. This podcast can encourage other leaders as they learn to follow the voice of Jesus as Peter did. Today, I'm excited to introduce Paul Kroger Jr. Paul got his start in sales in 2009, worked his way up to service director. He then opened a business with his father-in-law here in Arkansas in 2013. That's around the time when I first met Paul, and I quickly learned about Paul's passion for people. He's always looking for ways to help people. It doesn't even have to be business related. Paul is always there for people. I know that's an easy thing that you could say about anyone, but Paul truly goes the extra mile. He genuinely enjoys helping other people reach their goals. In fact, if Paul had his way on this podcast, we'd probably talk very little about him, but I mean that to say, Paul really puts other people first, even when there's nothing else in it for him. And that's not really the most expedient business strategy unless you have a job like a financial advisor. In 2019, Paul became a financial advisor with Northwestern Mutual, where he continues his journey of helping other people reach their goals. Like me, Paul married way out of his league and has two beautiful children. Paul is also very involved in his church and in his community. Pretty much every nonprofit or ministry or network around here knows Paul. Listing all of them would be a little bit like reading out of a phone book, but one of those entries would be me. Paul has been a dear friend and a great blessing to my life, and I'm excited for you to experience that blessing for yourself today. Enjoy. Uh, Welcome, Paul Kroger Jr. Oh man, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Uh, I mentioned this in the introduction, but we've been friends for several years, and uh, every day of that friendship, and I always wish we'd gotten to interact more. It's like I never get quite enough of Paul, but the time that I do get, I always really cherish. And so it's a pleasure to get to have you on the podcast and to get to expose more people to you because you're kind of a hidden gem here in Little Rock, relatively speaking. And uh, I'm so excited to just get to include you. So we always start out with the initial icebreaker question. And the one that Paul chose for today is if you could relive one day of your past, what day would it be? And why?
1: Logan, the feeling is totally
2: mutual, by the way. Um, So thank you for all your kind words. It means so much coming from you. Um, I had a chance to kind of think about this a little bit. And, you know, initially, my thought was, you know, I'll go to my wedding day. Uh, My wedding day, I think like a lot of people, was an absolute blur. I probably remember five minutes from that 24-hour period. Um, and then I think back to the birth of, you know, my child, or both of my kids, my daughter or my son, and how just magical those days are. Um,
1: and I would relive those over and over and over, just because receiving blessings like that is just is phenomenal.
2: Um, but I think if I could relive one day or one time frame. Would actually be I'd go back to uh, 2018, mm. and it would be in uh, one of the hardest seasons that I've ever had in my life when uh, we decided to
1: um, sell a business and essentially uh, end a dream. Mm. And it was a dream that you know I really felt that God had given me, and that I had been faithful in pursuing.
2: And you were even a part of this. I don't know if you remember uh, being, you know, in my office and praying uh, and, I mean, through tears and just pain, trying to figure out what God was doing, and what the next direction was going to be and where God was leading. And even though I think in that time that was so difficult, it's Hmm. so difficult, Um, I think back to that and God's goodness and his faithfulness. come from that season to this day and so many of the ways that he has grown me, has grown my wife, has grown our relationship both together and with him, my kids. It's just unbelievable how walking in God's footsteps and being faithful to God's plan. In our household, we have six family values and uh, the first of our six family values is God's way is always the best way.
1: Hmm. Wow.
2: In 2018, I had an opportunity to actually live out those values, not just write them down or say them, but live them out. But I think that's where I would go back to, is that whole season of just challenge, change, um, and reorganization. But God is just so good,
0: so, so good. And God's way really and truly is the best way. Yeah, there was definitely a metamorphosis that happened in that season. And, you know, it, it wasn't all uh, super delightful. I mean, there were definitely pain points in that. But God really did something uh, really incredible during that time in in your life and in Jen's life and in your family. Uh, and obviously what he was preparing you for and, and sending you into really was the best way but man, that's gutsy. You know, I did. I was there and I remember those days. I don't know if that would have been the days I would have answered that question with. But honestly, I really admire that. That's that's remarkable. And you have been like you've been through uh, several different scenarios, business scenarios of owning a business, working for people, advising people. Uh connecting and networking with a lot of people. You've seen a lot of different situations and some of them are like really fantastic. Some of them, you know, harder, maybe a little bit more on the difficult side, but you have seen uh, God come through in some really encouraging ways, ways that I have seen how God has worked in your life. And it's really encouraged me and given me hope when when I'm facing seasons that are similar. And so I kind of wonder if there might be a couple of stories like that. Uh, or maybe it's a little bit more detail about what you shared, but it's just looking at uh, stories of answered prayer where you've seen God really be faithful or or even in those times of risk where you're really stepping out and following his voice and, uh, and kind of what that looks like, what that's like for you and your experience and what might encourage some other people who could be feeling the same thing.
2: Logan, that's such a cool opportunity to share a little bit about this. I can think of really two things. Um, that I would love to share. So, one, um, I go back to actually a combination of, of a business prayer group that we had uh, meeting in my business a number of years ago, and just some of the things that I learned from that about praying for and through the business. And then um, actually heard a, a sermon uh, where we attend church at New Life Church in West Elk Rock. In 2019, where one of the, one of the fundamental um, convictions of the church, I think values of the church, is that, you know, one church is not the best church, but really it's embracing like the large C church on, on a more corporate level. And so from the pulpit every week, they actually pray for leadership and for uh, the members of other churches every single week, every single Sunday. Yeah. God kind of hit me between the eyes on that one Sunday morning, and he said, this is the same picture that I want you to actually carry out forward into the business community. And so starting in June of 2019, I have every single month now found another company that is would be considered a competitor company that does something very similar to what we do. And I will... F- I will either walk into their business or through COVID, I kind of had to stop doing some of those things Uh, because people would look at me strange. Or I call, (laughs) set up with Zoom, do something like this and pray for their business, pray for their clients, Uh, pray for God's favor to be in the midst of the things that they're doing in their family, in their church, uh, in their spiritual walk. And I can't tell you how both humbling and amazing that has been to be able to connect with other people who really are trying to do a lot of the same things that we're doing, helping people accomplish the things that they want to accomplish and do more in their life Not financially. But I've I've gotten to pray for people's marriages. I've gotten to pray for favor. I've gotten to pray for kids that have been sick. I've gotten to see healing in people's homes and physical healing happen just as a part of you know, being faithful is phenomenal, unbelievable. And when I usually share that with people, most people look at me and like, I've got a third eye. They're just like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I think, you know, God's way really is the best way. And God's plan really is the best plan. And I think if we live with an abundance mentality and really believe that God owns everything that exists, that I own nothing, right? Yeah. That really my role is just to return back to him what he already owns. And it gives me a free opportunity to be able to walk in and share with other people in the same thing, because ultimately none of this is really ours. Um, so then the second thing is, you know, I had, I was challenged by a friend of mine, um, a year ago in November. So in 2000, uh, it was the week before Thanksgiving of 2021. And, uh, he said, he asked me to pray for opportunities to pray for others,
1: mm. which sounds like a really simple thing. Yeah. So I said, okay, God, I'll pray. So I started praying. So literally
2: the day before Thanksgiving, it's the
1: Wednesday before Thanksgiving, um,
2: I had somebody that referred me, uh, to one of their friends. So I said, fine. So I call
1: this gentleman, and you know, I got on the phone. And this is Paul Kroger, and we do financial advising, wealth management. And um, so and so he told me to call you. And this guy answers the phone, and he, I could tell immediately, but he doesn't want to be on the phone. And he's yeah. kind of rough yeah. And he goes, Well, I don't know why he took you to call me. Right. And I said, Okay, tell me a little bit about that. And he goes, Well, I've got terminal cancer and the doctors gave me less than 30 days to live. Wow. And at this point,
2: like I can kind of hear in the background, like rustling and maybe some beeping and just noise. So I start kind of get a picture of where this guy really is right now. Yeah. I mean, he's either at home or he's in a hospital or he's somewhere. Um, probably in end of life care. I have no idea why I answered the phone. So I said, I just said, Literally my spirit, I go, all right, I want to get off the phone. I don't want to continue this conversation. And I could hear God saying, You prayed for me.
1: Hmm.
2: Now will you take the opportunity? Will you accept it? So I said, Well, I don't believe in happenstance, so may I pray for you? And this guy kind of goes, That'd be fine. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> so, so I pray for him, right? And pray for, you know, God's peace and just for Uh, his spirit to be soft in this season and for God to be close. And anyway, we get done and I feel God kind of tugging again. I feel the spirit just going, you're not done yet.
1: You're not done yet. Paul." So I go, Hey, I can't get off the phone without at least asking you, are you ready? And the guy goes, ready for what? And I said, I kind of lean into the phone. I go, are you ready? And it goes silent. And I can hear this beeping in the background. So I knew that he didn't hang up on me. Right. But it was probably silent for 30 seconds. And then finally he goes, no, no, I'm not. And I said, do you want to be? And he goes, how would I do that? So I get to share the gospel with him, yeah, and then invite him to prayer, prayer, and he did on the phone. And I get to lead this guy through the sinner's prayer on the phone, someone I've never met before, and he accepts Christ right there on the phone. Wow! So I'm weeping,
2: literally out my window. It's a beautiful day, <laughs> you know. I, like I get off the phone, I hang up the phone, put it down, and my buddy had challenged me. You know, I call him and I'm like, you've got to hear this. And I tell him all about it. His First question to me is like, where does he live? Where are we going? Wow. And I go, oh man, in my, like, in everything, I didn't even think about it. I really just didn't cross my mind. I was so blown away. Right. So I said, hold on, I'll call you
1: back. I got to call him. I gave him the answer all stuff. So I pick up my cell phone and I click the number and a woman mm-hmm. answered. His Paul Kroger. I was just talking to Tonto, And I, I got to talk to him. Can you put him on? She goes, sir, there's no one here by that name. What? Yeah, And I said, I was just talking a second ago. She goes, no, this is my cell phone. I've had this phone for the last 20 years. What? So I hang up. I was like, must have dialed the wrong number. So I click again. Same woman answers. Huh. Logan, I have no idea who I spoke to or how I got a hold of him. It now makes sense yeah. why he was confused about who this person was. Right. But what I learned in that moment, and I think what has hit me so, so
2: solid ever since is that God doesn't call us to do phenomenal
1: things. He just calls us to be very simply obedient. And then where the spirit's moving and what God wants to do, he will make happen. Right. If we bring the natural to his supernatural. Right.
0: Yeah. The way he uses that simple obedience. And I I do get I do hear conversations with with people who are looking for ways to feel more confident about having the kind of conversations that you're talking about. Like I don't know if there's a lot of other people trying to build up the confidence to go pray in the offices of their competitors, although you can talk about that. But even just to be able to bring that level of conversation into their ordinary day. And I know that this is something that you've built up as part of uh, like who you are and what you do and how you interact with people and how you uh, work to really invest into other people. But I wondered if you could Maybe there's just a suggestion or maybe just a bit of your story of how you grew confident in having those kind of conversations. Maybe how somebody who might be interested in, hey, I I would be willing to pray for somebody in my business or somebody that I interact with. Or how do I have better, you know, faith-filled conversations in my work? I wonder if you might have a tip for that.
2: Yeah, I think confidence is born first and foremost out of conviction. And, you know, so I think I don't know that I'm more confident than the next person. I'm definitely not more confident than the next person, kind of like you and so many other people that have been on this channel, I would tell you, are far more confident and capable and wise and studied and educated in both their faith and apologetics.
1: and um their, and just their understanding of the Bible and how it relates to our lives and the relationship with God. But, you know, I think the level of conviction that I have around that Jesus really and truly is Lord. And he really did die to save me and everyone else.
2: And that my real role in life is to just share that good news with other people. And that I don't have to be phenomenally gifted or talented or capable. The the Holy Spirit is much like, you know, uh, much like a farmer. He's already killing and turning
1: ground and preparing all of those things for seed.
2: And all I have to do is in my, like, blind, blundering, walking through a seed every so often, throwing it out. He's already prepared the ground so well that when it falls where he's already prepared, it just grows. And so I think that really unleashes me to just feel confident in my conviction and confident in my lack of competency, but in how big God really is. Um, And so there have been some exercises that I think I've leaned into over the years that have helped me with that. One is just praying regularly with other believers yeah kind of like working out. you know the more that you exercise and the more that you you use a muscle, uh, the more routine that that becomes, the easier it is right. to use it, not just in that scenario but in others. That's why we go to the gym, right? It's not so that we can be the best in the gym it's so that we can be the best in other places. yeah, and I think you know using that muscle of prayer and and regularly communicating with God with other believers helps us then translate that out into other parts of our lives. Uh, And then the second is just stepping out in faith. I mean, I I think about the first time that I went into somebody's business, like I literally, I got out of my car and I was nervous. My hands are shaking. I'm freaking out. And I just walked in the front door of somebody's office. Um, There's a woman standing there. I think it's, you know, our office reception or office. Um, administrator, and she kind of goes, can I help you?" And I go, "Yeah, my name is Paul Kroger, and I run a wealth management company across the street, and I'm here to pray for your office. <laughs> can I talk to the guy in charge?" Wow, that's it. That's all it took, right? And like, he, he happened to be free, and he walked out, and he goes, "Hey, I heard somebody's here to pray for us." And I said, yeah, <laughs> we got talking, and it was so great because he's like, "Man." this is awesome. Here's where we go to church. And let me tell you about this. And, this is what, and so I got to hear his whole story of salvation, what's going on in his life and found so much commonality in that. And then praying together was just like second nature.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think we do benefit a little bit from being here in the kind of the mid South and Arkansas. And, you know, we do have a lot of church going business people around here. And I think too, of some of the people who I know, listen from, Other parts of the country where it's not nearly as common of a thing. It's not, or even, or at least there's the perception that that wouldn't be very well received. But I also think about, you know, there's always going to be a little bit of element of risk, like you said. You are nervous. You're kind of walking in there. I don't know what's going to happen. And if the Lord gives you an open door, I mean, that's great. But there is this element of risk, and it all kind of takes me back to the story of Peter walking on the water. And there's Peter in the boat. And when Jesus calls him out to walk on the water, I mean, was Peter taking a risk to follow Jesus? I feel like it's kind of like a quantum physics type of a question. It's like, I don't know. It
1: depends on what happens
0: next. Um, but, but it's interesting because it is a risk to just get out on something you normally would plummet straight down, sink, and likely drown in the storm that they were in. But then there's Jesus saying, if you come out and you'll take this, even take the first step, sometimes that first step is the most difficult step. But so we keep our eyes on Jesus. Uh, I think that we start to uh, evaluate the risks a little bit differently. I don't know. His risk evaluation is just a little bit different than ours. So uh, I'm always interested to learn that from other people where they've seen that. And I just, man, I get nervous just thinking about your conversations walking into a competitor's office again, brilliant how God has used that. It's really encouraging. So I love that. Um, Any other stories that you wanted to share about uh, prayer or things that have built your faith through that? I do have another question for you.
2: Yeah. So the first thing I wanted to, to piggyback on is the story of Peter when he steps out, there's a piece of that that I've been chewing on here recently because I think in my head, the part of the story that I was always the most impressed with,
1: with Peter in was stepping off a boat and stepping onto the water. I think the actual faith act was not when he put his feet onto the water. It was when he let go of the boat. Yeah, wow. I think in my life, and especially in my spiritual life, it's really,
2: really easy me to put my feet on the water and it's really easy for me to look like i'm taking or feel like i'm taking the first step or i'm i'm going to church i'm praying with other believers i'm in a small group study right i'm listening to podcasts by you know phenomenal um christian teachers
1: but where the rubber meets the road is when we really let go of the boat yeah And it's nobody but me and Jesus. And kind of like your quantum question, right?
2: Only He knows the solution to the algorithm. And so that's where my faith gets built. That's where that trust muscle gets built, is in the process of actually stepping into what Jesus has already called me into, regardless of the outcome, right? Because
1: to some degree, I wonder would Jesus have still been considered as the same amount of power of Peter sank? Right. How would that affect their relationship, right? And what I wonder is, at what point then, if Peter had sank, what
2: supernatural event or power would Jesus have actually manifested or, or shown in that moment, right? Because it's not about trusting God when he
1: does
0: exactly what I expect him to do, it's about trusting God regardless of what. He does. Yeah. Wow. That's a good point. Yep. I'm going to tweet that. Shameless, shameless take. I'm going to steal that quote. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so we, we do look about, and we talk a lot. Uh, if anybody gets to know me long enough, uh, we eventually talk about the parable of the talents and uh, the leader who calls his servants, gives his servants, uh, anyway, a portion of resource or talents or some, in Luke 19, it's called a minna, and tells them to basically do business, be good stewards, engage in business until I return. And each of them, you know, kind of fulfill a different level of stewardship and receive kind of variable levels of rewards when that leader returns. Now in the parable, of course, that, that leader is Jesus. But uh, but I wonder if you could just share a little bit about some of the wisdom that you've you've uh, learned about stewardship and, and really maximizing uh, even just before the Lord's eyes, more than even just the balance sheet, um, what that looks like and and how you get to be part of that in people's lives.
1: That's such a, it's
2: such an interesting question. I think it's probably a lifelong pursuit. Yeah, Uh, But I think back to several years ago, had someone sit in my office and actually asked me uh, or more, to kind of makes the statement, I should say. Um, this is a man that I respect a lot. Phenomenal, phenomenal business leader, um, amazing man of God. And I remember him saying, you know, I feel like the majority of my life, I've been a really good two-talent steward. And if you read back to you know Matthew 25, where you know the parable of the talents, um, you know the master gives one servant, a single talent, another two, and then one
1: five, right? Yeah. And so this business leader, he's, he's talking about, look, I've been a really good two-talent steward. He's like, but what God's really
2: been pressing on me is, how do I become a five-talent steward? Yeah. How do I become the kind of steward that the master doesn't just trust with a little more, but trusts with everything? Trust yeah. with all that he has to even offer, and so I think that's really a big part of the pursuit that we have on our team, especially in the rest of the financial planning and financial advice, is how do we help our clients create an intense clarity around their calling and their purpose, yeah, their mission, vision, and values in life, and then how do we help either clarify where they're in alignment or out of alignment, right, with that purpose. And so I think that's something that, um, we, we take really, really seriously. Um, but you know, what I've, what I've learned is that there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways. There's a lot of tactics. There's a lot of strategies to help incorporate our faith into the things that we're doing every single day. And it's kind of like you and I were talking about before this. And one of the things that's amazing is, and you know, our business, we, we predominantly work with either business owners, so closely held companies, or just business leaders within large organizations. And if you think about who has the greatest opportunity to have a phenomenal impact on our culture, our world, on our values, on our politics, all of these other things, who has a greater ability to have an impact? than business leaders.
0: Yeah, business leaders.
2: And I think there's probably you and I share that same heartbeat that I don't know that there is anyone else who has a greater ability to do that. And so if we can help support the financial stewardship that business leaders are executing, the tactics that they're executing, align that with God's
1: calling and with biblical teaching and wisdom, man, I, I don't know that there's a limit to what God is going to do in either restoration
2: or reconciliation of the country or – I mean, really, there's there's untapped potential there. I think about uh, like in Malachi 3.10 when, uh, you know, it says bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, right, um, that there may be food in my house. and Then
1: that's one of the only times in the Bible where God literally says, test me in this. And so the opportunity to
2: challenge, um, and that's what we talk about in our business, is I feel like the three things that we do that are really unique is that, one, I feel like
1: we oftentimes help business leaders expand their dreams. Yeah. Two, we
2: challenge their habits. And three, we help them simplify their tactics. Yeah. And how they're going to execute in alignment with those other things.
1: And I think if we can do that in alignment with God's truth and with biblical wisdom, you've watched this. Man,
2: God blesses these business owners and these businesses in some phenomenal ways. It doesn't mean that he always keeps financial reward on them, but there's so many things. There's so much fruit that ends up coming out of uh, those relationships and you know, their families and their marriages and their friendships. and Just so many
1: different things. It's awesome, and that's that's probably the thing that I'm the most grateful um, of being able to be in the middle of in this career is just to see how God's moving in the lives of other people, and to have
2: like some small role in what He's doing.
1: Yeah,
0: it's it's becoming just an increasingly common, uh, you know, understanding that some of the greatest opportunity for kingdom impact is. And the whole body of Christ is in uh, the business community and especially in young professionals. And so to get to be working with them and helping them strategize, get into alignment with, like you said, bigger than just like a quarterly or annual goal, but like your life mission and calling, and then launching them toward that. Like there's few other things I could think of that are so exciting as opportunities for the kingdom. Uh, that's so cool. And so to hear you talk about it, it's like this sounds so fun. I I can understand why you're so passionate about it. Uh, it's so cool. So I love that. Um Paul, man, I I so encourage you and I'm so encouraged by you and thankful for you. And I just wanted to uh just mention is there any way that people if they want to reach out to you how they can best connect with you?
1: I mean,
2: uh, you can either visit our website, um uh, my website's just at nm.com our wealth management company is uh, just program financial management um or you can give us a call at 501-228-9300 and we'd be glad to connect uh, whether it's for professional or it's just personal or you just want to ask questions about how do i start praying for competitors (laughs) um, i would be glad
0: Thank you, Paul. So appreciate you. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Please visit ServantLeaderNetwork.org to find more helpful resources
1: for your leadership journey and always bring your waterwalking shoes.